0: Te tiriti o waitangi ko wiki toria te kuini o enga rani, e me atu ana ki ngā rangatira o te waka mine ngā o ngā hapu, onu rani me e atu. E nei ture kakorero tia nei, ko te tuatahi, ko ngā rangatira o te wakaminenga, me ngā rangatira katoa hoki ki hai uru, ki taua wakaminenga ka tukurau tu ki te kuini o engarani mo ake tonu atu, te kawanatanga o rātau whenua.
1: ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. This is part two of speaking with Dr. Joe Tirito, who is the Deputy Director, Māori and Kaiho Maturanga Māori for Ako Aotearoa, the New Zealand Centre for Tertiary Teaching Excellence. His brief is to promote Māori learner success focused on providing professional learning development for educators across the whole tertiary sector. Obviously, here we've gone on quite a big journey over the last three years, something similar to what you're rolling out at Aku Aotearoa um, in terms of trying to bring our team on a journey to learn more reo Māori, Mātauranga Māori, Tikanga. We've really tried hard to sort of instill a culture where we embrace uh, who we are as, as, a, as an organisation in Aotearoa. Um, and one of the things we did do, which is how I got to be connected to you, was we looked at translating some of our um of our website into yes. Tadil Māori. Uh, yes. and of course, you could go on to Google, and that's exactly what our website developers straight off um suggested. <laughs> oh, you know, we'll just put this Google translator over everything on your website, and you know, it'll be done, and they can click a button and and you know it'll all be translated to Māori. And I said, Oh. No, we can't mm. do that because the rest of people disaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it's not quite right. Um, mm. You know, we, the language is so metaphorical, and so mm. we can't just translate word for word. You know, what? And you know, we obviously came to you for that expertise mm. because we needed someone who had strong competence and understanding of Tadil and could put it into today's words of a business. What do you find are some of the pitfalls in translating English content into to Reo maori
2: uh some of the pitfalls well um I think one of the biggest uh things at the moment is is finding the the, uh, the modern technology the equivalences in maori for for mo- modern technological terms and that's probably the biggest um challenge I faced, challenge when I was doing the translations, because we're having words that never existed. You know, they were even often new to the English language. You know, this this new wave of education has brought in a whole, and also the, uh, the IT revolution has brought in a whole lot of language that it's not only new to Māori, but it's new to English. So when I do any translations, I've got to ensure I understand it properly. You know, like I, I read it and read it, because if you don't understand what it's said in the in the um, original language, there's no way you're going to translate it. And, and sometimes um, w- with certain... Um, see, I do a range of different types of translations. Like I've, I've got this uh, Te Reo Māori app where... Uh, I'm translating conversations of our nannies from from Bay, Nanny Api from Mahia Rādere and Nanny Lil from Waikarimona, uh, and they're talking. And I've got all these, things and uh, they've got them all in Māori. We've uh, annotated them and put them into English. And the hardest part has been the English, because. Um, mm-hmm because they're speaking you know like our words and and the english it's a, it's a nonsense to use the uh, the google because our language languages each language is different to the other in the way the words are uh, laid out and so sometimes they're back to front they're juxtaposed so you say you know like we say the the titomaiti te, te nui the big child in english the big child but te tamaiti nui is the child big so you have you know words that are back to front, you know, from one language, or even phrases where you have the verb at the front in one language, but it's at the end in the other language. And this is exactly what's happened in, in translating from Maori to English. So if you use a, a machine translation, you get words, but you don't get the concepts. And so that's why you need to have people, you know, people involved in this to think those through and so that's the challenge is um, trying to keep it as close to the translation as possible but sometimes you have to go metaphorical you know depending on the type of translation um you know see i was just talking about the translating the, the nannies' conversations um that app is called puka puka or tahi translating their their conversations um, I started translating them kind of almost word for word with these were technical translations. And so I've kept them in the order of little phrasing as it and I've had to muck around to make it flow e- easily. It's a bit clunky. Now for the first uh, 12 chapters, we've done that style, but now I'm just adopting a new style for the next eight chapters in which it is a more metaphorical translation. And so instead of saying, herangi pai uh, uh Well, I wouldn't put it in thing as a good day, this, but, um, you know, it enables me to do with this new approach, I can take a broader, um, you know, take the, 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 the nitty-gritty of the translation and put that into English, but but not make it all uh, jerky because at the moment it's a bit jerky the way I'm doing it. But I'm doing it that for a purpose because people so they can see the patterns from one language to the other. But this new way is for people to just see the generic meaning. And it'll be it's a more flowing in a metaphorical style of translation. So each one is different. And, and with your you know with Hera, you know you're heavy metal. And I remember sort of translating some what was that uh, emission carbon emissions something thing uh, tool of calculator and I had to sort of search search and search for you know these terms and like carbon you know we I I don't know what it was was it war or whatever was it was trying to find out there's no word for there's a word for coal but we didn't have a word for carbon necessarily so I had to try and try and work out um, you know root words and try and sort of create a word if you like um, if it didn't already exist but uh but it yeah it it was quite difficult doing those translations, those types of translations which um are kind of factual um as compared mm. to if you did sort of more prose you know like telling stories things you can play around with them and you it you weren't sort of confined by actual facts but you you're sort of more relating to concepts so that 's the thing translation you you just can 't do it by individual words it 's a whole lines of thinking and ideas and those and so it was challenging, but I mean, it's work I enjoy doing. Um, and at the moment, I just received at lunchtime some marking from Te Tauru Whiri I Te Reo Māori and uh, where they're going for their certificates and translation, and so they did turning it into English, turning it into Māori. So I'm just going to be marking this um, translation of a poem into Māori. And that brings in another dimension again, and that's and I was thinking, gee, am I going to do this because this cultural concept? You know, they talk about a dove in this poem. Now, a dove is a peace symbol in English, but when I come to Maori, if I put something called Tukuringatahi, which is the 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 what is that um, the white that white is it. It's a white bird anyway, I don't know what the proper is and it and, and it's a sign of it's of of death coming or of a chief, so <laughs> you know do you plonk that in there for dove and you know do we have a dove so these are the these, these are the things we have we face and every culture faces that you know you you know you go to um you go to blinking um norway or some of those those uh, those people in the arctic circles and they they have like 20 different words for snow, and you know, we just oh, it's snowing, you know, they've you know, like so within each culture, they've got words that exist that are irrelevant to other people and that are important to them within their context. So it's recognizing all this, but it is complex, but it's it's really wonderful to get to the end of a project and be able to sit back and think. But I, get, I, I always get paranoid about them though, you know, like I want it to be perfect, and I can never get things perfect as I'd like, but um. And what i do too is i sort of set the original translation there and i read and read it and i do it in uh portions you know in, in little phrases and i'll highlight it here and then i'll do it into the the english or the other language on the other side but i use the maori online dictionary a lot just as a hint to people there's the aka aka dictionary and to me that's i think that's probably the best one I, I like because it, it's got a lot of these modern terms, you know, like words like process, you know, we have to think how do we uh, how do we express that, that, you know, the processes. Now there's a word tukanga which I never used to know, knew, know before, but it's there in the dictionary and so the beauty of this dictionary it becomes common lingua franca if you like, com- common to the country and people who are doing translations can look and we can have the same currency, if you like, the same Words because then there's of course the Ngata dictionary as well and that's more tribal Ngāti pro dictionary. I like the uh, you know I like that I like the Aka because it's uh, they keep updating it all the time so it's got modern the modern terms we need for the modern life and I'd 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 suggest you know I'd encourage people to go to that but I just went to use it last night but I found out that it's no longer free. I used to be able to access it for free, and I had to download it into my phone um it was like five dollars it was hardly any didn't hardly any cost at all but uh, but now it looks all different, but you just put in your word in, in either language and it just pops up your answer in the other language and it gives var- variations and examples of sentence structures, how to use it in a sentence. So it's really fabulous, that dictionary, and I think it's actually, you know, I think uh, John Moorfield, Murumara, who created that, he passed away a few years ago. He was a really highly respected Pākehā man working in the Māori language area along with Timothy Kāretū and others, and this is a really wonderful legacy of his. But Not, but and nowadays we have young people now who picked up because that's a living document. You know, being being online, they can keep adding to that dictionary and adding examples all the way through. So those are sort of the things I I know. But in the end, you've still got to have have to think and try and think back. How did the nannies used to say it? How would they have said it? You know, that's always in my mind. Um, And so we can get those the vocab for those difficult things, but. Still have to string it nicely into a sentence that makes grammatical sense.
1: Yes, I think actually I kind of had an epiphany while you were saying that, Joe, just in terms of translation and how difficult it is, especially if the words don't exist. Yeah. What that might have, you know, you can see how that's impacted um, Māori in our history in terms of tatiriti and the way it was translated. I mean, that's an exact example of. Not having a word and it being translated in something that didn't even mean exactly the same, and how yes. you know generations later we're still feeling the huge impacts of those grammatical errors, um, yes. and and now people are only just starting to learn even Marty uh, really a lot more about those articles and and the mistranslations and yes. really coming to understand how those ripples have impacted us Mm. for generations. So, I mean, it's Mm. such important work to get right. And I know, um, I I do agree with you about that resource, the Aka Dictionary, I'm in it all the time. And actually I went in it last night and noticed they've had a big, massive rebrand. But what I like about it is it's not, you know, you see a lot of the the transliteration words, Yeah. But you also see ones that have been really thought out a lot more in terms of yes. the poetical nuances or yes, yeah, um, yeah. sort the root, root words that have created new words. So it's a really amazing yeah. resource. Yeah, I just sort yeah. of really, it struck me when you said that. Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, it's exactly what's happened to, to yeah. us with Titillity.
2: Having a linguistic background is useful. I learned French at Hastings Boys High School when I was um, in the third form for three years. And through learning French, I I learned to, and I did the linguistics paper at university, but I learned to appreciate, you know, types of parts of of language, and like what are verbs, what are nouns. And, And this is part of the trick where people come unstuck when they're doing translations they might say oh i use the word ako and it should be akonga or it should be akongia or whakakongia so it might be have it might have the root word ako in it to learn but they're using it wrongly in terms of the you know the ing you might add onto the word and things happening yeah, and all that articles. sort of thing yeah all of those things um, so if you you know if you have a, an understanding of how language works and how you can break it up and i think people learning. Tereo, uh, they become to know what's a verb, a mahi, and all those things and if you haven't got that, it's really hard to, to do the translating because you, you need to be able to translate uh, stand back, but in terms of the treaty, and I'm just, before I finish, I want to sing the next verse in it, uh, where, because in the first verse, I, I, you know, talking about the meanings, you know, in the last line I, I sang e nei ture ka Queen Victoria uses the word ture. She does not say articara article or principara principle. She says ture, which means a law. Mm. And you know, it just befuddles me you know, how, when I look at all the the treaty discourse over the years, I haven't heard anyone talking about the ture. She talks about, technically, it's there. She says ture. She doesn't use any other term, and yet we're talking about articles, and, you know, I might be shot down for being too naive about this, but, you know, I'm being literal, ture. And then in the next verse, and I'll sing it to you, and I probably we're probably running out of time, but it goes, so it talks about the first article or Today and, and it ends up in that last time, Te and that's the one where everything comes unstuck with the treaty, because we say, we bequeath to Victoria, Te kawana tanga,
0: Te kawana tanga
2: the governance of their land, but that was uh, that was uh, translated in a different manner and uh, that we were given away our actual uh, sovereignty. And the next verse after that, it talks about tēnō tiratanga. So um, before I end today's, I'd just like to sing this the second verse. And that's all I've, I've just got up to the third section. I'm, I said to my, our staff, you are you are. well i first called them my guinea pigs um and then i thought oh well, maybe i better think of something more um sort of pc and i said you are now part of an evolving work of art in our creation of a, a rangi a tune for o Waitangi, and one day you're going to be all singing like, singing it proudly and it's something that might catch on around the country whereby people aren't singing a uh, god defend new zealand so much or how the americans stand up hand on heart and sing this they might be reciting Te Tiriti o You know, every child in in the Aotearoa could be starting and, um, you know, and, and singing that. And it's just a, a basic uh, chanting rhythm and our staff are enjoying it. Um, and so, but I said to them, you are, you are part, you know, you're part of my, um, you are my paint brushes and you're my paint on this landscape that, you know, that we're creating as we're we're learning together i'm just make i'm only like two steps ahead of them in terms of the ranga i sing it and sing it and then i teach it so um i'm just about going into the third section but i've just taught the first uh dancer if you like in the second one and i'm but we're running out of year, so I'll just have to keep them um, on hold till the start of the new year to, to complete it. But it's something that I, I can see being uh, useful to, you know, anyone um, in this country, because I haven't heard the treaty recited, chanted in, in any form in its actual text. And I mean, we, we talk about it around courses and I thought, well, hey, do we know the words? And, you know, we're learning them and I'm starting, you know, and we've got the English translation by Hugh Kafaru on the side here, so they can see. So it's a linguistic exercise as well as a tikanga. And i have taken them, immersing them into this style from singing A, E, E, O, U and Piko Piko Toro sort of, you know, earlier on. I said, no, nah, enter the deep end now. Just don't panic. Just close your eyes or look and just let me carry you and just, um, you'll just by continual singing, you'll learn it. So, um, yeah, that's where we're up to with that. It's really, really exciting, and I, I just really love it, really.
1: Joe, I think it's actually a perfect way to teach something because it is, you're essentially giving mana and respect to the way our, our ancestors, our tūpuna used to do this, is they passed on knowledge through songs, stories yes. and you're taking it right back to where it yeah. started from so for me it's like a really perfect mechanism to to tell a story and for it to to last you know yeah. hopefully yeah, all kids will know that song because it's part of that storytelling in the in real we you yeah. know it's not in a book now it's right back to how we used to do it so it's kind of like a perfect circle of um finishing I just have one more question before we finish up, um, Joe. and really it's kind of a, a personal question that I'm I've always curious to know a little bit more about, you know, from someone who is such a beautiful real Māori speaker, um, what your personal views are on that in terms of non uh, Māori who can't speak Māori. Um, so what I mean by that is um, we we see a lot of, our own people taking our own people down sometimes because they yeah. don't have the deal. You're, you're not Māori yeah. enough because you don't yeah. speak Māori. Um, you're not Māori enough because you aren't in kapahaka. You, you're not Māori enough yeah. because, because, because. I'm wondering, in your view, as someone who, who really holds this mana and has gone on a journey to to be where you're at and have this matauronga, how, how we can break break that sort of prejudice down where we ourselves are, you know, putting certain Mori in, into hierarchies, you know, how how do we get the equality back for our own people? Because, you know, by and large, a lot of people a lot of Māori who don't speak Mori is, is not by choice. It was it was taken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're on a journey to reclaim that themselves. So how do we come together as people to raise each other up?
2: I think it just has to be a matter of time and it's sort of taking a broad, comprehensive approach and in, in us being patient. Like, I mean, um, you know, I've been teaching Te Reo Māori for years and years. You know, I taught at Terradale High School in 1978 kind of thing in Queen Vic and something and I was at EIT for 17 years. My life has been uh, Te Reo Māori and to me it's a Tonga that's for everybody and it's no use us holding it just to ourselves as Māori. Look, I I do, you know, I don't like it when I see people growling people um, for their pronunciation, you know, um, because really as a teacher, and I have done this once and I was really embarrassed that I did it, that I allowed myself to uh, snap and correct somebody in, in their uh, wrongful pronunciation of my name. But, you know, I think we have to be gentle and caring of people who are learning, especially non-Māori, and we have to be welcoming. I think at the same time, um, pakis who are learning need to realise that there are some Māori who don't have the opportunity to go to a, a night class, they don't have a car or have have fees to to pay, and so I think uh, I think at the same time I think non-Māori need to be careful that they don't flaunt their knowledge because you know in the presence of Māoris who who are less knowledgeable because it has the effect of embarrassing those people. So I think you know it, it language it can be used as a weapon by our own people. The fact that you know the speakers use their knowledge of and others not as a as weapon against those people. But I think uh, it's, you know, we just have to be really um, mindful of other people as learners that, you know, you have to just keep, uh, you have to poipoi poi them along, you have to uh, support them along in this journey because the, it's the betterment of us all. You know, there are some times that I sort of... Um, I'm in a meeting, and then a non-Māori starts the uh, the hui with a karakia, and it's a really deep one. And I thought, oh, I don't know that. You know, where do they get that flesh karakia from? Do they really know what it? means? But you know, like I have that thought. But you know, I can't growl about those things because you know we have to sort of be open, uh, open about this, and, and sort of um, and and caring and embracing. You know, like the 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 bigger prize is the real. You know, to bring it back from the eighteen percent of yesteryear, 1974, to an 81%. You know, like, it's really, really encouraging when we look at figures, you know, people's, um, the the rating for the real, it's important. It's just gone up hugely. And, you know, I just love it that it's so prominent. I love turning on national radio and hearing Jesse Mulligan and, them. you know, speaking Marnie Dunlop on the main, you know, she's a, a real Māori speaker on mainstream radio. And it's really... Really, really neat hearing the real being used in a mainstream situation and becoming normalised. And those announcers are sort of saying, "Ah, you know, we see it on TV." And um, I think we, we as Maori, have to be not mean to ourselves, and we have to be not mean to other learners. You know, uh, we have to just, uh, we're on. You know, if we want the real to survive, it needs to be able to be spoken. You know, it's no use having it preciously set aside over here, you know, and otherwise it'll just become like Latin. So it needs to be a spoken language. And it's wonderful that, you know, it's in the media. We have we have a huge number, you know, with radio stations, we, we're producing heaps and heaps of modern um, music, you know, guitar music, you know, heavy metal and all these sort of things where he went to high voice. Lot of you know the Stan Walker and what's Dave Dobbin? I think he turned his uh, song into Mori. So we're we're getting it from the arts and right across you know the whole country is starting to realise the importance of te rio and We need to embrace that and go with it and say choice to make it too. Yep, it's a whole new world, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a whole new world. We've just got to find our place in it. Um, mm. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing your views on that because I'm always interested to understand what what people think about that. Uh, and I think you're right; it is about raising each other up, and yes, also respecting that everyone's journey is just a little bit different. You know, a, a non-Māori's journey uh, to to learning Māori versus a Māori person reclaiming their Māori is a different. Yeah. It's a different journey, yeah. but they're all the same journey in the sense yeah. of what they're trying to achieve at the end. Which is more people speaking the real.
2: That's right, and I'd just like to go back to that uh, that quotation I provided in the in the uh, written material. Um, you know, going back to the petition days when that Ko to at Tewenukurene. And he was one, if you see those petition photos, he's the man right at the front, the old man with white hair, and he's leading us on and he's saying karakias. And he has this old patu, which might have been Tewirahuraki's patu, and Tewirahuraki came to Mahia. Anyway, that's beside the point. But Tewinukurene said to us as young students at the time, um uh, uh, If God was to say to you in time, what did you do with this Māori language that I gave to you? Uh, what would your answer be to him? And so we, all our students, came away from that time in, into our different walks of lives. And a lot of the students, you know, my colleagues from that time have gone into the Reo Māori movement. We have Cathy Jews, you know, hearing Rua Mata. You know, we have broadcasters, we have, you know, uh lawyers and that who've all sort of uh, they've blossomed and uh, working in institutions and in the in triomari revitalization. so you know we can proudly say to that old man tell Nukurini, we all went home to our tribes, you know, we went home and we set up radio stations, kura kaupapa, you know politics courses, online stuff, and we we fought, we continued to fight. We recorded our ancestors, you know, like Radio Kahungana, we have over 2,000 recordings of our nannies and koros talking. This linguistic, uh, you know, that's a, a corpus uh, of material there that you know, we're so lucky we recorded them 20 years ago because the quality of language is it's diminished. Even though the quantity has hugely risen, I'm still concerned about the quality of the language. But again, that's an evolving thing, um, and so I'm quite proud. You know, I can stand here proudly and say, you know, 49 years later, you know, we we did uh, we did our best. We went home with this missionary zeal to develop our uh, real in our own uh, regions, and you know, we we're really proud of where we, you know. But I mean, we it's not just us; it's it's everybody in the whole movement, the Toda the Kohanga reo, the Kura movement, broadcasting Maori. Tele- the whole thing and we're all on the same page in terms of the, the real revitalization. But um, in closing, um, I'd like to just sing that that first um, you know I've read the first verse, I'll sing the second one, which is Kute tuatahi, which is which is the first law, tuatahi, or the first article or principle. And um, and as I said, this is an ongoing um, thing um, that I'm doing is creating some, a tune, a rangi, a chanted rangi. So when you're ready and we're ready before we close off, and I'll have a karakia for us at the end.
1: kapai Take it away, Joe.
2: Take it away. Okay. I'll actually start from the first verse, um, from the beginning.
0: Uh, te tiriti o wai Ko wiki toria te Kui ni o enga rani e me atu ana ki ngā rangatira o te waka ngā o ngā hapu onu tira ni me e rangatira atu E nei ture kā kōrero tia nei ko te tuatahi Ko ngā rangatira o te waka ngā Me ngā katoa hoki ki hai uru Ki taua waka mine ngā wātu te kuini o ingarani mo ake tonu atu Te kawanatanga o rātau
2: so that's first that's the second part so there's lots more to to come so watch the space so when you're ready thank you very much for um spending this time and having giving me this opportunity to blab uh, to blab up up large uh, uh, about things that I'm involved in but they're dear to me as you can tell and um, you know I'm just really excited about the the world the the, the state of things in the country at the moment the, the 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 focus on the vocational sector is huge and I think it's been a long time coming I'm, I really love that thing about our our you know free voc- for apprentice training and all this um, and that we can get plumbers and builders you know I've got nephews now who are doing plumbing courses and that they've never you know, one was on a skating board for years and now he's been doing a plumbing course and another is doing a building. Because so I, I love this. This wouldn't have happened before. And, you know, they're not going to university, but they are gaining employment at something useful, you know, within this new vocational rove, post-rove or current rove system we exist in. So uh, when you're ready, I'll just say us a closing. Karakia. Hi, yeah. I'm ready when
1: you are. Uh... Okay. You're the boss today, um, I've decided.
2: Okay. You're going to have, to have some fun cutting this back, but that's up to you. Okay, well, kia rā, kia Kim, te whanaunga. E noho mai nā te, te ui ui iau. Nga reina, ngā kia ki koe kia Troy Maho ki kouta katoa ikona i hera. Nā reira, kia karakia tāua, nā tīnei rā ka hoki ano ngā mihi rangi. Ko Yamawa, tīnei kuhu tīnei rangi, māua, kōrero Motine tīnei kaupapa. Ka hirihira, I nei kaupapa, ko te reo, ko Kato kia putāke nei kōrero Kitemotu, uh, Kiteau, A ki Māra mai, tau iwi ki ngā āhua tangai pāna te Māori ki Papatūnuku, ki a kia tūnuku, kia Ranginui hoki. Nā reire, koenei rā, taku a, mihi atu ki a te ariki, taku whakawhetai, me te tunu kia, a mai koe a e whakarongo atu nei, e, e, e hui hui nei, ngā mea ka whakarongo mai nei kōrero tau katoa mana ki 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 a ngā e te, ariki. te ao, i te pō, e ngā katoa, tapu, Amine.
1: So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Joe today. If you'd like to connect more with him, you'll find his details in the show notes. At Hera, we have been very fortunate to collaborate with Joe on our journey to embrace mātauranga Māori, tī Māori and te rio Māori in the mahi we do. He is well respected and the Ronga he holds a real treasure and we love that he is a part of the words we weave into our communications. With that, I'd just like to finish off with some words from Joe that are pulled from a podcast. To me, te reo Māori is a Tonga that is for everybody. If we want the reo to survive, it needs to be spoken. It's no use being precious about it and setting it aside otherwise it'll just become like latin it needs to be a spoken language food for thought till we see you next time so hit subscribe and if you like what you heard today please like review or share with any metalheads you know let's spread the word at header we are really committed to meeting our obligations under titiriti and also to raise the mana of mātauranga Māori, ti kanga Māori and te Māori within our workplace. To find out more about what we are doing in this space, you can find more information on our website. The link is in the show notes.